Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Girly Homesteader Podcast. To be honest with you, I only thought of this topic maybe a couple hours ago, and I really don't know how the conversation is going to go, but it's basically going to be me getting a little bit philosophical just about life and how everything just seems to happen for a reason. Um, so I don't know if you are someone who wants to be a homesteader, but maybe feels that everything is so far away, or maybe you feel that you're quote unquote, not allowed to be a homesteader just because you didn't grow up that way. I'm hoping that my story today and my musings just help to give you a little bit more confidence that not everything has to be the way that you think it should be right off the bat, that your life is allowed to change, that things are allowed to evolve because that is definitely how my life has been so far. Hello and welcome to the Girly Homesteader Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a part-time homesteader with a full-time love for makeup. This podcast focuses on traditional homesteading topics like gardening, chickens, beekeeping, hunting, fishing, being in harmony with nature, food preservation, cooking, etc. But it also touches on the girly side of things, like non-toxic skincare, makeup, and homekeeping. So, if you're ready to learn more about homesteading and keep your girly side along the way, let's get started. So, what in the world prompted this topic today? Well, as you know, I am a personal trainer, and that is what I do part-time, along with being a homesteader part-time. So today, I had the very fun opportunity to see one of my clients that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, this client, she has been with me since the beginning, since when I had just come become a personal trainer, and she moved to Florida. Um, a few years ago, and so she happened to be in town, got in contact with me, and she worked with me today, and catching up with her, it was just, it was wonderful, but what we talked about kind of prompted just this, I don't know, philosophical kind of musing um, energy that I have going on today, and also today is my seventh anniversary with my husband. And so I'm just feeling a lot of things today. And so that is why I want to talk about this. And as I said, I don't exactly know where the conversation is going to go. So bear with me. But if you are in the mood for some introspective, philosophical sort of musings about life, um, hopefully this episode will be interesting to you. So um, if you have been with me with this podcast from the beginning... Um, you might have heard my story back then, but just as a refresher, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I grew up not really, well, okay, so this is when I was little. <laughs> it's not like I thought this as a teenager, but when I was little, um, I didn't really understand how people could live in the empty spaces on a map between the dots that were cities. So yeah, I wasn't like city girl living in a high rise in Columbus, but I definitely was a city girl. Um, I didn't grow up around farming. I didn't grow up around hunting. Um, my only exposure really to the farming community were by two things. 
One, the earliest memory, was driving through cornfields to go see my dad's family out in more of the smaller dots on a map in Ohio. So that was one of my, you know, first experiences, just memories of driving through the cornfields. And I remember thinking it was beautiful, but I also remember thinking this is really boring. Uh, My other kind of exposure to farming and growing food is just from uh, going to farmer's markets in Columbus. And you know, just seeing that, wow, people actually do this. But other than that, I really didn't have much of a connection to my food at all. Actually, when I was in college, when I had to start cooking on my own, I had a lot of issues with touching raw meat because I just didn't want to think about the animal that that food was before. Fast forward to now, and I'm helping my husband gut deer. So I guess that is kind of going to be the story today, Um, just because with talking with this client today, we just kind of, you know, she asked me just about my goals for the future, um, and it just got me thinking more about how all of these things just led to one another and how it all just has created what I think is a beautiful story. So as I said I grew up as a city girl. I grew up um, not having any attachment to where my food came from, but I did grow up loving food. My mom is a great cook. I learned a lot from her. And so during college, I liked cooking, but of course, cooking for one is not all that fun. Um, And as I said, I had issues. touching raw meat and I also didn't even want to eat any meat that was on the bone just because it kind of weirded me out. So even though I would try anything, I was not necessarily a picky eater, but I definitely had my preferences. So when I met my husband, um, I was in my last year of college and he had graduated already. Um, When I knew where he was from, I, because I mean, Dayton, it's not like it's a tiny, tiny town in Ohio, but it's definitely not as big as Columbus, where I was from, and then Cincinnati, where I went to school. Um, so coming to Dayton, I definitely got, you know, the smaller kind of city vibes, but I quickly fell in love with Dayton. I just fell in love with the size, I fell in love with the people, and I fell in love with the greater sense of community that I felt compared to Columbus. And this is even after, during undergrad, um, after I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, which is like four different downtowns all stuck together, probably one of the biggest cities. And I fell in love with it there. But I will say though, there was something that I missed And I didn't know it until my last time driving back up 75 from Georgia through, um, you know, through Tennessee, through Kentucky and into Ohio. And when I finally got back into Ohio, I saw the open skies and I saw the Midwest that I grew up in. And I just felt, you know, I miss this. Because actually there was a time when I did want to live in Georgia. It was sunnier. The people I thought were nicer because they had more sunshine. And I thought, yeah, I might live here. But that last year when I was driving back up, I realized that I missed 
the Midwest. So maybe right here, maybe this was my first clue into the fact that I would be living the way that I am now. I don't know. But I definitely missed the Midwest. And this is, again, coming from someone who was raised in the city. Um, the only real green space, I mean, other than our yard, it's not like people had mass expanses of yards where I lived. Um, but the closest place that you had to go to to get some major trees altogether was the park that was a couple blocks down. And now <laughs> we live on seven acres with six acres, six acres of our own trees to enjoy. So I'm just trying to state here how it doesn't matter how you grow up, um, it, it can all change, you know? Um, so if right now, if you want to be a homesteader, if you want to be more self-sufficient, if you want to live off the grid, if you want to own acres, if you want to have chickens and a garden and all of that things, and right now it just seems far away because maybe you are in the city, I'm just here to tell you that it all can change and you cannot rush the process because if you rush the process, you're going to be forcing it and it's not going to feel right. It's going to feel forced. So fast forward, you know, I met my husband and I fell in love with Dayton. I fell in love with the smaller, um, the smaller city. But right when we met and right when we got married, we lived in the city. We lived um, on lots that were smaller even than where I was raised. Um, you could see right into your neighbor's windows and I was right up the street from a grocery store. So there was never any real need to grow our own food. We did though, we dabbled with just the typical summer things like tomatoes and peppers, but there was never any real need to grow our own food or do any of that. At that time, I really had no idea about the health benefits of organically and sustainably raised food. I just didn't know. So, what happened around this time is I found my true love for health and wellness. I got into working out when I was in college, but those first years of marriage, um, it's almost like becoming a wife. There was something in that that made me just want to provide more of a healthy, nutritious lifestyle for my husband. I definitely took my role as wife very seriously and as a homemaker seriously too. And at that time, yes, I was working, but I wanted my job as a wife and a homemaker. I wanted to do it as best as I could. I wanted to provide all the health benefits that I could for both of us. And so at that time, that's when I started learning about all of the benefits of organically and sustainably raised produce and also meats. At that time, that is when I signed up for our first CSA share, so our first community supported agriculture share, and I got addicted. And the reason I got addicted is because I was exposed to so many new vegetables and produce that I had just never seen before. And this was even as someone who was raised in a family that did cook a lot at home. But everything to me, it was so new, it was exciting, it was delicious. I was just happy that I was also supporting small businesses, you know, these farmers. I was happy that I could even go to their farm and I could buy plants from them and I could expand on what we did at home, like what we grew in our garden. That um, love for health and wellness kept growing and growing and growing. And as I said, 
as you know, I became a personal trainer. So at this time, that was a major, major change in my life because I went from having just a typical nine to five job um, to something where I had control over my life and my schedule. I had control over the people that I interacted with and it was a wonderful time. At this time, yes, I did have a little bit more free time, but I spent it learning about more about health and wellness. I learned more about the benefits of organic food. I learned more about the harms that can come from all the chemicals in our environments um, and all the pesticides and herbicides that are sprayed. And I learned more about how important it is to eat meat from animals that were raised in a happy, humane way. At this time, and also just because I was married to a hunter, I started eating venison. I started getting exposed to meat, (laughs) actually having to deal with it when it's raw and cooking things that are on the bones and eventually eating things that are on the bones. Actually, I have a vivid memory of one of the first times that I was going over to my husband's house with his family. So this is even before we were dating. Um, And I, at that time, I had issues eating meat that was on the bone because it just weirded me out because it was just like too closely related in my head to the animal um, that it was before. And we were going over to their house and I think we were grilling like chicken thighs or something. And um, I remember saying, well, I generally don't eat meat on the bone because I was just a white meat kind of girl. And although I do still love white meat, um, now I love a chicken thigh. I love chicken wings, but I definitely wasn't that way then. Um, And it's just amazing now thinking back on all of the small changes and just how everything has led up in my life to where I am now. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grubly Farms, the brand of chicken food and treats I use for my own flock. What's always been important to me is making sure my girls get a non-soy protein source, but Grubly Farms takes it one step further by using food waste to raise the grubs that they then turn into insect-based protein. This is way more natural for chickens than the fish-based food I used to use. Grubly Farms food is also higher in calcium than other feeds because it is made of insects, and I've definitely noticed stronger eggshells because of it. My girls go crazy for the crumbled food, and you can get $20 off your first order with a link in the show notes. Now, I don't work for Grubly Farms or anything. This is simply a referral system that you will be able to take advantage of too once you become a customer. So for every friend you refer, you'll get $20 off too. So as my journey as a business owner in my personal training business, as that evolved, um, while you do that, you know, you have to get continuing education and you have to keep growing and learning. Um, Some of the certifications that I had gotten were a pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist. But then I also decided to become a health coach because at this time, my love for fitness, it's not that it was starting to die off. It's just that I was really, truly learning from my own experience and from working with other people that really fitness is only like 20% of the picture. The other 80% is all of the other things that are out there like sleep, like stress, 
and like diet. And so all of these, those things, learning about all of those things, and even my own health journey, um, having Hashimoto's and discovering that, that all led me to want to become a health coach. And so during that time, that's when COVID happened. (laughs) Um, That is when the world changed. And I finally realized that, you know what, I had the ability to help people from afar. I didn't have to work with people one-on-one. Although that is what I like to do the best. I still loved being able to speak with people just far away. And so that's when I made my first podcast. I know that right now you hear the, the and the commercials for Anchor that are on this podcast. And I talk about the fact that I used to have another podcast and that it was a pain. Well, it was a pain because I hated recording it with the program that I was using before. But it was also a pain just because I never knew what to talk about. And so that totally fizzled out. And so what I started realizing was that, yes, even though I loved talking about health and fitness with my clients in person... Eventually, I just started realizing that, you know what, if that was the only thing that I was ever going to talk about, it just really, it it burnt me out and it just wasn't fun. And I also just, I had a hard time making my entire life be about that because it's like I had no other hobbies. Um, Because I mean, I think that is a saying um, that if you make your hobby, like what you do for money or something, then it just becomes not fun anymore. Like, I don't know, that's obviously not how the saying goes, but you know what I'm talking about. That if you turn your hobby into something that makes you money, it no longer becomes fun. And I didn't want my entire life to revolve around weight training and food. So it took a little bit of time to kind of discover um, what was really motivating to me. But the general theme of everything was health and food, and the health that can be gained from food. So I mentioned that I found out that I had Hashimoto's. I've known about that now for um, probably four years or so, maybe a little bit less. And that was a big time because I learned how all of the things that were affecting me, like my food and my stress levels at that time, they were basically tearing me down every single day. And at that time, I also learned too how So many of the things that are in our food system now, those can really wreak havoc on anyone's immune system, specifically with someone who has an autoimmune condition like I do. And so actually just this weekend, (laughs) this like reiterated the fact that I do have to be careful because it's almost like sometimes I get cocky. It's like I think, oh, I eat so well, you know, I exercise, I have a low stress life, whatever, that I should be fine. I'm impenetrable. But just this past weekend, we were actually celebrating our anniversary a little bit in advance, and we went out to eat, and the food that we had was amazing, but it was just definitely food that we were not used to eating. Um, And also, before that week, we had been eating a lot of Halloween candy because (laughs) Halloween was just a bit ago. I had also made some pumpkin chocolate chip muffins that were totally full of gluten, And all of those things just compounded and compounded. And then after our weekend um, anniversary celebration, we had way more oysters than I normally ever eat. I love them. But I think that was just the amount that I ate and that the steak that I had out to eat, I think it was maybe a little heavy on salt. 
I ended up having one of like my Hashimoto's flares. I woke up Sunday morning, even though we really didn't go too crazy partying or anything in terms of alcohol, I still woke up feeling like all of my joints were achy. I, you know, I felt like I had a fever without the chills. Like I had the body aches of a fever. That's what it felt like all day. And I also woke up with this crazy rash that I get whenever I eat too much shit food. And so I'm still battling that rash. It's still kind of going away. So anyways, um, I know all of this stuff firsthand. And so I have also always loved nature. Even when I was little, one of my favorite things to do when um, I was little was to make fairy houses. (laughs) This is something that my friends and I, we would do at recess on the playground. We would find bark and we would find sticks and leaves and we would just make houses for the little fairies that lived outside on the playground. And I just always loved nature. I took like nature classes at our local rec center when I was younger. And so that has always been a theme too. And it's like all of these things have just come together throughout my life. And so I'm not saying this stuff to like brag about my life or anything. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give you hope and to make you realize that no matter where you come from, even if you are a city girl in the capital of your state, you still probably have these ties that can help give you the confidence to think that you have every right and every ability to become a homesteader, to start growing your own food, to start raising your own livestock if you have the space. You have all of that power. Because believe me, seven years ago, when my husband and I got married, we had our tiny little house in the city of Dayton, Ohio, just one city, like, you know, one neighborhood south of downtown. Even though we... You know, that was our first home together as a married couple, even though we stayed there, I think, for like six years. That didn't control anything because eventually with all of this learning about health and learning about food quality and everything, both my husband and I, we just got the itch to move farther away, the itch to distance ourselves from the city, the itch to also distance ourselves from people, um, but we just wanted the space and the freedom to be able to do what we wanted. And that's another thing too. Maybe you were like me when you were younger, but maybe you were a little bit of a rebel. I mean, I'll be honest, if you look at my Instagram, I have tons of pictures of makeup and that is what I used when I was in college to express myself as kind of like a rebel. Cause I mean, let's be honest, in the grand scheme of things, I really wasn't much of a troublemaker, but I still had a rebellious streak. When I was in college, I kind of knew that my life wasn't just going to be the typical life. I didn't really know what it was going to be. I didn't know what it was going to look like. But I knew that it wasn't just going to be the typical, you know, husband and wife with a dog with 2.5 kids with a white picket fence. I just knew it wasn't going to be that. I didn't know what it was going to be. And actually, I even thought that that would be my life for a little while after my husband and I met, but that rebellious tendency, it has come out again. (laughs) So again, what I'm saying here is that if you have any rebellious tendency, 
becoming a homesteader and totally going against all of the norms, um, like not needing to shop at the grocery store, that's huge. That is a rebellious thing. So if you have felt your entire life that you don't necessarily fit in, move to the country. Do it now. Um, But again, don't rush it because, you know, we don't want to rush these things. So yeah, when my husband and I, when we made the decision that we were going to move, it was a big one. And I remember thinking back then that we were so nervous to move farther out. Um, Both of us were going to be moving to be about 20, 25 minutes away from work when before that we were like five, 10 minutes away. So we were doubling our commute and we were removing ourselves, or so we thought, from community. But honestly, out here, we still feel so greatly tied to the area that we live in. We both love Dayton. We both love Ohio. And honestly, I never want to leave. Um, all of the places that are here in the Midwest, I think that they are just absolutely beautiful. But really, any place that you come from is beautiful. And even if you don't like where you're from, that's okay too. You can move. You can change your life's course. Because man, back when I was in college, I thought that I was going to be the career woman. I was going to go to grad school and I was going to do all of these things. But there was never anything really fulfilling in that for me. And now, looking back on that path that I could have taken, I am so, so glad that I never took it. Because where I am now, being so much closer to nature, being on this cyclical cycle of the seasons as the year goes by, that was what is absolutely beautiful to me. Also, being able to take care of nature and be a steward for nature, that is something that I absolutely love and that my husband loves too. I think that is something that probably ties us together greatly, is that we both just care so much for conserving nature, and for creating happy habitats for wildlife. That's why we planted a quarter acre of wildflowers. That was probably our first homestead move because we inherited some bees from my husband's uncle. And so all of these things, they just evolve. So if you are scrolling through Instagram as a wannabe homesteader and you are looking at all of the beautiful pictures of these people's farmhouses and their flocks of chickens and beautiful gardens, I just want you to know that it doesn't happen overnight. And I mean, I'm not saying that I'm there because I'm definitely not. Um, You know, we don't have the typical farmhouse. We don't have, you know, the acres of pasture for animals. We have chickens, yes, and we have bees, yes. But my garden isn't like an acre big. Uh, My garden definitely doesn't get enough sun, (laughs) actually. So, I mean, I don't have the ideal garden. I don't have the ideal space for chickens. I don't have any space to have goats or other sheep or anything. I don't have a cow. I do still go to the grocery store. Um, We still live 10 minutes from Costco. But it still is an improvement, in my opinion, over where we were. And if you just try to make every single year one step closer to what you want in your future, whether it is a true homestead or whether it is just to be a little bit more self-sustaining, that's all that matters. Because if I look every year now for the past 10 or so years, every single year was a step. So 
I don't know, maybe that wasn't philosophical enough for you. Maybe it was too much of me telling my story, but I think that it's helpful sometimes to hear to hear people's journeys and just to know that you are not alone because making the decision to become a homesteader is definitely contrary to what normal people do. <laughs> normal people have a nine to five job. Normal people have a commute to work. Normal people, they go to work and they maybe don't find it that fulfilling. They're not that happy. Then they come home and all they do is they just put something in the microwave and then call it a night while they watch Netflix. You are not a normal person. If you have the desire for more than that, you are so much healthier than most most Americans out there. Let's be honest. If you are listening to this podcast, you already know what is good for you and you know the steps that you need to take in your life to get you where you want to be. So I don't know. I guess that's all I have to talk about today. Um, that's enough of my musings. Next week, um, I will be talking about sourdough. I have officially made my first loaf, and I almost talked about that today, but I figured that while I'm feeling all emotional and philosophical, I should talk about this topic today. And then hopefully next week, I will have a better loaf to talk about, and I will have more insights on my first sourdough experiences. So I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you want to share more in my journey, follow me on Instagram at the Girly Homesteader. <laughs>